We're learning Daf Samach Aleph. So the Mishnah now branches out into general dinim <coughs> of Nazirs. The Mishnah says Hanacher uh, Meilam Nazirs that non-Jews cannot be makabel Nazirs. And we'll see it comes from Xeris Hakasim. And just to give a little bit of background, generally even a non-Jew has a concept of making a nether. It's not it's not shot like nedarim, like vows and oaths that they take or bring carbonos. Those sorts of things they're excluded from. It's not true. Actually, yeah, generally they are proud of it. But still, the Mishnah is saying that guys aren't subject to the dinim of Nazirs. In contrast, women. And slaves could have Nazirs. So a Pasuk, there's a Pasuk in the Torah that women have it. Isha, Isha, the Pasuk says, who make themselves into a Nazir or a Nazira. But the Mishnah is also adding that if I have a slave, one owns, so a slave, it's kind of like a conversion. They're partially Jewish to a certain degree. They're obligated in mitzvahs that, women, that women are obligated in. So the Mishnah says that they also have Nazirs. But however, there's an aspect of the Chumrah by the Nazirs of women over the Nazirs of slaves. The halacha is that a person he has a slave. He owns him, right? He can compel him to work. He can compel him to do things for him. So if his slave undertook a Naziris, yes, he's a Nazir, but the master can come along and still force his slave to violate his Naziris. In other words, if he feels it's in the best interest of the work of the, of the, of the slave, it would be better for him if he wasn't a Nazir. So he, snapshot, he could, you know, revoke it completely, but he can force him to violate it. Very interesting concept, which we'll explore more in the Gemara. If I own this slave, and it's for the best interest of the ownership, that he not be abstaining from these parts of life, all these pleasures of life, so then, then, then he could force him to do it. You can't force your wife to violate your, her Naziris. You don't own your wife, it's not like that. And so just understand, we know that Naziris is like a nether. A husband can be made for if within the first 24 hours, the halacha is, he hears about the nether, and he hears about the Naziris, and he wants to revoke it. Okay, that's a power called Hafaras Nadarm. But that's not what we're, our mission is talking about. Our mission is talking about where the nether was binding, and the husband's not revoking it. But he simply wants to compel her, he wants to force her uh, to violate it. So that he cannot do. All right. What do we learn? Goyim do not have Nazirahs. How do we know this? And again, the posture should be that they have it. They're subject to Nadam. They're subject to, to Karbanon. So why not? So this is right in the beginning of the part of Nazirahs. In, in, in Parshas Nazar, it says, So it starts off, so we expound, Why is the Pasuk saying B'nai Yisrael? It's to the exclusion of Gaim. Gaim don't have the din of Nazir. And then it seems like that's a redundant phrase. It already said speak. So what does it mean? And say to them. Speak and say to them. So what's In The second phrase means you should tell even more people. Don't even tell just like the regular Jews. You should also come and include the slaves that they are also people who can adopt as yours. So B'nai Yisrael, not Gaim. But Martha means even the slaves are subject to Nazirs. The Gemara is asking on the second point. Why do we need a posse that slaves are included? Oh, Amrit, what have you said? What is the general rule in Shas? This is a general rule. Kol mitzvah she'isha chayavispa, any mitzvah that a woman is obligated to keep, evet chayva, a slave is also obligated. This is a general din. You might remember Mesechus Chigiga, it says the common word of law by both evet and Women, and we expound any mitzvahs that women are chayvin, so the slave is chayvin. So obviously, it should be intuitive since the Pasuk says a woman can make herself an Azira, so an Evan can make himself into an answer. Why do I need this new Valmarta Alem to Darshan? Amarava Shani here was different. What does the Pasuk say about vows? And we're talking about the general dinam of, of, of vows here. Lesar, Isar, Al Nafsho. A person takes a nether to make an Isar, to make a bind, right, on his soul. So we, explain, we, we expound this vows. We're talking about is someone. Is who owns his own soul in the sense that like he could do whatever he wants with it. So he's binding it with a vow. 
This really sounds like an exclusion of a slave. A slave shouldn't be able to take vows because he doesn't have his soul in his own control that he can bind it with this or bind it with that. There's one other source that, that much stronger that can bind him. That is his master. Since his soul is not his own, so he's excluded from generally from making a darim. I would say Naziros, which is also a form of a vow. So I would say that it, uh, he cannot make a Nazir. The Torah tells us from the extra phrase, phrase of Amar Talim that he can make himself a Nazir. So it sounds like the the taka, it's an emissa thing. There's a real var, less or easier on natural than in general a slave is mufka from making the dark. He can't find his own soul if he doesn't have his own soul. And yet, he's not in control of his own soul. He has a soul. He's not in control of it. That's why we have a marta aleim saying that no, there's still a of a slave can be a nazir. Okay, now we go back to the first part of the Brisa. We said, Darbel Bnei Yisrael excludes Gaim. Amar Ma'ar, Darbel Bnei Yisrael will love him. Frakti Gemara, general idea of Halechelis of Yisrael. When we read mitzvahs in the Torah, and it says to Yisrael, does that mean that Gaim are not included in it? In other words, we don't mean whether or not Gaim are obligated in mitzvahs. That's not our discussion. We want to know something else. We want to know, are they part of the Parsha? Part of the Parsha means, can they be a part of the law even if they're not obligated in it? That's really the question. And that's what the Gemara is saying. Oh, here it said, Albanay Yisrael, so you excluded that Gayim, forget about whether they're obligated in Naziris, but you're saying they're not part of the Parsha. They're excluded from like becoming a Nazir, being a Nazir. That's what you're saying. The Gemara is asking, is that true? Is that true whenever it says Yisrael, we say Gayim are not included in the idea of Agave Erechin? What about Erechin? Erechin is where a person vows to bring the Erech of a person to the base of Mekdash. And Erech means the general value. General value means not the personal value that a person has on the slave market, but rather we put people in categories based upon age and gender. And we we say in that gender, in that category, you have someone someone has this Erech, someone has that Erech, and then the person who pleasure gives it to the base of Megdash. So there the parsha also says, Daber el Bnei Yisrael, speak to the Jewish people. Betanya, it says in a price of Bnei Yisrael, Marichon, Marichon, Marichon. Yes, it's true that Klal Yisrael is Mechuyiv, an Erech that they take a vow to, to but Goyim are not. Meaning, let's say a guy said, I'm gonna. I promise. I'll give you know the erech of so and so. He's not obligated at all. That much is true. But you would think they also can't be the subject of an erech vow. Meaning, what if a Jew said, "I'm gonna give the erech of a guy"? Does he have to give anything? So you would say that that, that he shouldn't because he doesn't have to give because the pasuk only says up in Israel, goyim are not part of the parsha. So if they're not part of the parsha, I would say they can't be a subject of an erech as well. ish. The pasuk says ish, and that's an unnecessary word that's used there in the pasuk. So we say, of a man means even of a guy. So yes, it's true, I'm speaking to Klal Yisrael. Yes, it's only Klal Yisrael who have the, the chiyuv to honor their pledge when they take the erech of somebody. But who is that somebody that an erech could come and be the catalyst that someone has to pay? Even a guy. A guy could be the subject of an erech. So basically, what do I see? That, that if it says the word B'nai Yisrael, but then it also says ish, to a certain degree, gayim are included. That's what I see from Erechin. So, so to hear by Nazir. By Nazir, it does say, Dabra B'nai Yisrael. That's true. But it also says Ish. So I should say that Goyim are somewhat included. So you want to exclude them some levels? Exclude them some level. But some level, they should be included, just like we said by Erechin. So the Gemara says, how do we know? And what does the Gemara really want? The Gemara maybe want, wants that like maybe he could make himself an answer, but like maybe it wouldn't be M'chuyiv the Karbanos at the end or something like that. In other words, the point would be that we're going to balance it B'nai Yisrael and Ish. And B'nai Yisrael implies not Goyim. Ish implies yes Goyim. And we'll come out with a certain partial inclusion, just like what we do by Erech. And it says, but it says, Ish, we say they can't be Marach, but they could be Narach. So say a sort of compromise like that here as well by Nazareth. So the Gemara answer is shiny off. No, it's different here by Nazir's. The Amar Kral, what does it say about the Nazir? What are the halachos? The Nazir can't become Tami for Krovim. So we're talking specifically, he doesn't have a father. Now, this is very interesting. 
that if a guy doesn't have a father, what biologically doesn't have a father. So what we mean is that halachically, is there are certain things where we don't consider a guy's father to be with a din of yichas the same way we do with, with Jews. But the Gemara says, well, wait a second, what do you really mean? Lamai, what way are you saying that a father of a guy is not a father? You live in Yerusha, you're talking about inheritance. Meaning, what's the din, halachically? Is a non-Jew inherit his father? He does. There is inheritance. There is enough of a connection between a father and son from Gaim that they inherit. As Haaseir, what does it say? It says, I gave Haaseir to Esau as an inheritance. So since the Lashon of the Pasuk here, in Parshas Devarim is Mashman that is passing as a Yerusha, we see Gaim do inherit their father's property. And uh, therefore, there is a sense of fatherhood and for a guy. So why can't we be talking about a guy just, just because it says Laviv? So the Mars suggests a different answer. Since we talk about a father, we say only someone who has the mitzvah of honoring their father is a Nazar. And by, by Nazar, it speaks about a father. So if it speaks about a father, it's a very weird drush. So the Mars is going to jump on it. Since it speaks about a father, so therefore we say we're only talking about someone who's to honor their father. So I think, Mar, what, kind of, what kind of business is that? It doesn't say to honor your father by Nazar. If it would say, honor your father, okay, you don't have to honor the father, I could hear that guy Mark excluded. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything about honoring your father by Nazar. It just says, for your father, don't become tummy. So he, a guy has a father, so why are you bringing him kibbutz Avaim? Why is that relevant? So we need a new Joshua. Again, we're trying to understand how do we know that Goyim are totally excluded from his ears? For his father, mother doesn't become tummy. Clearly, we're talking about someone who could become tummy. We also have a excluded guy. She ain't lo tuma. A guy does not become tummy. The Gemara is saying a very interesting concept. If a guy is alive and he touches even a dead body, there's no din of tuma. Tuma, the, the Svarim tell us, right? The tuma is the opposite of kedusha. That's the whole idea. When you're alive and you're growing and you're spiritual, so then that's why you have potential. And when when there's something to defile, goyim are missing that 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 higher potential that we have as human beings. They're they're goyim. For that reason, they don't have Toma. It says they don't have Toma. And the Pasuk says that for the Nazar shouldn't become Tama for our father. So we see we're talking about someone who has the din of Toma, who has the possibility of Toma. God doesn't have that possibility of Toma. If he doesn't have the possibility of Toma, so the Pasuk was not talking to him. And now the Gemara wants to know how we know this. How, how do we know our premise was correct? We know nonetheless, Toma, how do we know God of Toma, Tama, Kra? person who become Tama, not purify himself. That person. That person will get kari. So what are we talking about? The boss is talking about someone who comes into the base mikdash when he's tamei. So it's a you know it's a very strict halacha. He gets kari for hule. But the pasuk says, "What's kari? He'll be cut off mitoch hakahal from being part of the congregation." So clearly, we see we're only referring to a Jew. Only someone who's part of the congregation of Hashem. The God says there, the guy who's in the local. So what the Gemara is basically saying that if he's cut off from the kari, so we, and the pasuk in that context was talking about the the tuma that happens to someone who. The, to, to goes into the base of Mikdash and the punishment of Kari, so a guy might stop being Mikabal Toma. So that's not a good proof. Me, my, how do you see from here that he's completely excluded from being Mikabal Toma? Doma Kari is who Maybe all the Pasuk saying is that there's no liability of Kari if he goes into the base of Mikdash when he's Toma. He could contract Toma. You don't see from there that your premise is correct that a guy doesn't have Toma. So Mark gives a different source. Omar Krah. Vihiza Hatar Alatame. So we're talking about Paraduma here. So it says that the tar should sprinkle the water and ashes from the paraduma on the tummy person. Whoever has a din to be purified has a din that they could receive the tumma. What we're doing is we're making a link between the tar person and the tummy person. What's the link? What does that mean? In what way are they the same? One star, one stomach. The tar is it's saying like this that only people who are eligible to be purified can become tummy. Now, how do we know only Clive Sell can become purified? 
Because the Pasuk by Paraduma, black and white, in the Pesukim say, it should be for B'nai Yisrael. So the Gemara assumes that's for sure, that the, wash, the water and ashes for the Paraduma to be used to be Matar only for Jews. So if he's a Tar, Tommy says, only the people who have the dinam of purity from the Paraduma are subject to Tumah. But if you don't have the purity, then you're not subject to the Tumah either. So that's a source, that seemingly is a source, that Goyim cannot be Makabal Tumah. How do we know that that idea was correct? Maybe there's an idea that you could be makabal tuma and you could contract tuma even though you can't get purified. Maybe a guy can be makabal, can't become purified. I've he's a tar al atami. It was a link between them. That's used for other things in Masechus Yuma. You might remember he's a tar al atami. Comes to tell us that even if the tar is a little bit tuma, he's still eligible to sprinkle the water. That means even a full yom, somebody who still has certain vestiges of tuma that remain on him, he can still sprinkle. So basically, we could use the psukim for other things. He's a tar al atami. Doesn't indicate. A general sweeping idea that if you can't be makabal tumah, you can't be makabal tumah unless you have purification. So we bring a different pasuk. The pasuk here says uh, again a comparison between tumah and tara. A person who, who, who remains tumah and doesn't purify. So this one we don't have anything else to darshan. So this one we're going to expound to make a link between tumah and tara. Only people who could purify themselves could be makabal tumah. Those who can't purify themselves are not makabal tumah. So therefore that excludes guy. So now working backwards, we finally got a good source. Goyim cannot be makabal tumah. And by nazir it says aviv lo yitama. Clearly we're talking about people who can be makabal tumah. Therefore the pasuk must be excluding goyim completely. I by erichin, even though they're excluded, they're included somewhat. That's because they could be included. There's nothing wrong with having a guy be the subject of an erich vow. But here by nazir there's something fundamentally off for a guy being included in his ears because a guy has no Kabbalah of Tuma. Therefore, the words B'nai Yisrael completely exclude them. Now, now the Gemara tries, um, now the Gemara tries something else. The Gemara was, was trying about, remember about, oh, it says love if he doesn't have a father. He does have a father. Does he inherit? Does he not inherit? So now the Gemara tries another point about, um, about how we exclude guy. It's different here. Meaning his ears are different from Erechin about why they're excluded completely. The Pasik says, he's talking about slaves that are owned by Jews. So the Pasik says if a Jew owns a slave, so he gives it over his inheritance to his children. Right? If somebody owns a slave and he dies, what happens to the slave? It's, it's, it goes as inheritance to his son. He's found this well. Anyone who has all the laws of inheritance, not only that there is general inheritance, but all the laws of inheritance, including inheritance of slaves, there, that person has the Tumah, that person has Naziris. A person who doesn't have the full sense of inheritance does not have Tumah. So what we're basically saying is like this. Remember that Trusha that we were making that it says La'aviv, so only someone who has a father and that excludes a guy? The problem was with that that we rejected that. A guy could inherit. What the Gemara is saying, yes, it's true that a guy inherits, but he doesn't inherit the full, in the full scope the way a Jew inherits. In what sense? What capacity is, is, is inheritance limited? Slaves. We see if a guy owns a slave, it's not inherited. The idea, if you want to just understand what the Gemara is saying better, the Gemara is really very cryptic here. At other places, it's Mayach. The idea is that when a Jew owns a slave, it's a Kenyan Haguf. You completely own it to the nth degree. It's yours. It's no different than like an animal that you own in the sense of ownership. Therefore, it's inheritance. It can be passed down to the next generation as well. Goyim don't own slaves in the same way. They only have a Kenyan and a right to use it. It's slavery, whatever you want to call it. But it's not an actual ownership of the body itself, the Kenyan Haguf. And therefore, it's not a matter of inheritance. Therefore, now we're saying Goyim aren't fully capable of having inheritance. And that's why we can exclude them from the positive of the Father. So then slaves should also not have Naziris. Once we're saying that Naziris is linked to having a full inheritance, slaves cannot fully own, right? If a slave does not inherit from his father actually at all, that's the truth, he doesn't inherit anything. He's even less than a guy. So if Gaim are excluded because they don't have the full scope of inheritance, so then all the more so, slaves should be excluded from Naziris because they don't have inheritance at all. So now we need to come on to a different idea 
of why B'nai Yisrael is going to exclude, um, is going to exclude Gaim. So let's just understand better. The bet, that's some thought process was B'nai Yisrael excluded Gaim, and uh, that was it. The problem was that wasn't good enough because we see by Erechin, B'nai Yisrael and Ish came along and came a compromise that they could be included so much. That's how we got into all this. Why don't we do the same thing here? Ela Amarava, I'll tell you why we don't do the same thing. There I understand. Yes, it says I'll limit that to that a guy's pledge of Erech doesn't go. And I would say they're not in it at all. They can't even be the subject. Fine. There is what to apply. The partial sense of a guy being in the parsha couldn't make sense. But by Naziros, how are you going to include that they're partially in but partially out? How would that work? B'nai Yisrael knows in Ravine Carbon. What are you going to try to tell me? That a, a Jew can make himself a Nazir and bring Carbonos at the end. And maybe you'll try to tell me a compromise. You're going to try to tell me they don't bring Carbonos at the end of the Nazirs, but maybe it should include them that they become a Nazir. Like that's your, that would be the game plan, right? The whole game plan is that it should include them somewhat. What would the somewhat of an inclusion be and a somewhat of an exclusion? You're going to tell me they don't bring Carbonos at the end, but they're included in the Etzim, in the etzim Din. But I'll tell you, I'm Imishum Carbon. If that's what your resolution and you're only going to use B'nai Yisrael to exclude them from a carbon, I don't need to derive it from here. I already know it. Because the Pasuk says, the Pasuk in general, when it says when a Jew, um, it's talking about carbonos there, I'm sorry, that Jews bring, but then it says an extra word. This is the Pasuk that shows us in general, go and bring carbonos. The Pasuk reads, Ish, Ish, So Ish, Ish, which is clearly an extra word, the Gemara, Darshans and Menachos, means a guy could donate a carbon. So it says, he could donate a carbon le'ola. So that extra word le'ola, probably naziris to Rabbi Yosei It excludes naziris. Right? Rabbi Yosei says, even though you can bring a regular ola, you can't bring an ola of, of naziris. So according to that, I already know that a guy is not going to bring carbonos at the end. Meaning not a din that he's not part of nazir. He just doesn't, he's not shoving to all the carbonos. He doesn't have carbonos. So if the Torah would only be saying here, B'nai Yisrael to exclude him from bringing carbonos, that wouldn't be necessary. Because I already know that that a guy doesn't have any carbon besides a regular donated Ola. So Avada, I already know before entering that a guy's not going to bring the carbonos. So our whole discussion could only be whether he has Naziris. And if it says B'nai Yisrael, so then he's excluded. So what we're saying is there's no way to make a partial inclusion of Goyim. So that's after all that was said and done. The plan to include them somewhat just doesn't get off the ground. To exclude them from carbonos, I already know. To exclude, what, so what would I be excluding them from if not the fact that they're totally excluded? That's the only way to understand it. So by Erech, and again, you know, there's a way to include them somewhat. They're included to be the subject of the Erech vow, even though they're not making the Erech vow. But here, there's no way to partially include them and partially exclude them. Practicumar still, why not? Maybe Klau Yisrael can make themselves into Nazir Olams. Remember, Nazir Olams is where you make yourself a permanent Nazir, a Nazir of life. Maybe the exclusion of his Gayan is only that they can't make themselves permanent Nazir. I would think they can't be Nazir at all, that they could be included in basic Nazirs. So why can't that be the resolution? Maybe they're only excluded from total Nazirs, but they're included in partial Nazirs. Because the Torah doesn't say Nazir Olam anywhere in the Torah. In other words, what we're basically we're saying is that we're, it sounds like over here we're talking about general Nazirs when we exclude them. Because it's just the general part of Naziris, and it says B'nai Yisrael. According to what you want to say, they're only being excluded from Nazar Olam. That would be a very forced thing, that B'nai Yisrael is excluding them from Nazar Olam. It's in the regular category of Naziris that they're being excluded from. So the Gemara comes back. Ema, I'll tell you, maybe the exclusion, the resolution is, B'nai Yisrael, my dear B'nai Yisrael, Klal Yisrael, not only can they make themselves Nazirim, they can even make their children Nazirim. Do you remember that Gemara, Chavches and Chavtes? There's a unique halachal Moshim Sinai that a father can make his son automatically into a Nazir. 
Very unique halacha. According to one man, the Amar, it's halacha much we see now. It's not just chinuch, it's not just a dravonon, it's more than that. It's a new halacha that a, a father can make his son into a Nazar. So maybe B'nai Yisrael has such halacha. They're being excluded. They're being excluded from that aspect. They're being excluded that they can't make their children into Nizirim. I would think that maybe they're excluded completely and a guy can't be Nazir at all. So maybe that's the resolution. The resolution is maybe that they can't make their kids Nizirim, but that they can be Nizirim. So what? That is Allah So listen to this in the methodology. You don't have a mir on the Torah on an aspect of Allah That's not glad. If the law is not in the Torah, it's only in Allah To have an exclusion in the Torah for goyim from the halacha, but not from the regular parsha, is very, very bizarre. Even though. Obviously, halacha is true and the psukim are true. So why can't they relate to one another? Because that's not the way. The, the drushas are not coming to relate to the halachas and mimimai the going from them. So again, we don't have any plausible thing that we could exclude going from and still include them in something. Says the Gemara, Ema, still I'll tell you, B'nai Sohamagafon is Yerusavim, maybe means Klau Yisrael shaved their heads using their father's and his money. Remember that we had that? If a father was a Nazar and he left funds, unspecified funds that he was going to use for his karbonos at the end, and then he died. There's a halacha that his son can be makabal in his ears and specify it, but I'm only going to use the money that my dad designated for his naziris, and he could do that. So that's halacha Moshe Misinai. So maybe Goyim are excluded from that din. Maybe Goyim can't do that. I would say maybe they're not in Nazirim at all. Maybe that's the compromise. Ish includes them in Nazirim, and Bnei Yisrael excludes them from using their father's money for the Karbanos. It's the same issue. It's a halach It's a tradition. So you're not going to have a meat in the Torah going on that. So that what concludes our discussion. We'll stop for today. Is that so? What are we saying? We're saying it says in the pasuk Daber of Bnei Yisrael. Daber of Bnei Yisrael excludes Goyim. I, it says Ish, and we know that whenever it says Bnei Yisrael and Ish, we try to end up with a compromise that Goyim are somewhat in and somewhat out. And the prototype we have for that is Erechin. It says Dabar Bnei Yisrael and also says Ish, and we include them to be subject for Erech laws, even though they can't make an Erech. So to here, we should come up with some sort of compromise. So the whole Ahmed Beis is saying, you're right in the approach, but there's no, pro, uh, there's no possible thing that we can do to include them some way and exclude them another way. There's no, there's no possible way. We already know they don't bring Garbanos. So that's, that's not the issue. And so what are we excluding them from if not total things? And every other possibility didn't work because we assume the Torah is not talking about Lachal Meshim Sinai. So therefore, the Goyim must be uh, totally excluded. The other approach in the Gemara is that they're excluded because they don't have the fullest scope of inheritance. That was another approach. And the other approach that we saw is that they're excluded because it speaks about Tumah and Goyim are not Mechabal Tumah at all.